Welcome to Disability Talks, a podcast produced by Abilities in Motion. I'm your host, Shelley Hauser. Join us for real conversations and no-nonsense talk from everyday people with disabilities living their most independent everyday lives. Tune in for the latest news surrounding disability, accessibility, and independence, where conversations aren't dissed and stories that need to be told aren't missed. So let's talk. Recently, I gave a speech on assistive technology and how for persons with disabilities, it can enhance or in some case improve our lives. My guest today drives, types on her computer, pumps her own gas, and is a fourth black belt in Taekwondo. She also scuba dives and surfs. It sounds all average until I tell you that she's also the world's first armless pilot. Jessica Cox is back from her trip to the EAA AirVenture Oshkosh Air Show in Wisconsin. And she joins us from her home today in Arizona to tell us more. Good morning, Jessica. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning. Glad to be on. Thank you for being here. So welcome back from Oshkosh. I heard it was quite a show this year. Oh, it was unbelievable. And I know they had record numbers in attendance. And for us, it was a record as well that we got an air coop all the way from Tucson, Arizona. Round trip, it was 4,000 miles all the way out to Wisconsin and back with, of course, technical issues, which is always the case with a vintage airplane. But we were excited to be there and be a part of the historic year. How did you get that plane out there? Did you fly it yourself or did you tow it? No, um, just to give you background, I am certified as a first armless pilot. But for me, endurance-wise, because I have my feet on the controls and use my feet like hands, it is almost like doing a crunch for the entirety of the flight. So for me, I have an endurance of about two hours and then I'm fatigued. So you can't get fatigued when behind the controls of a plane, as you know, you have to be ahead of the airplane. So it was not practical for me to be a part of that, but I was on the ground. I was a ground chase crew, I should say, to help uh, to help with getting uh, all the supplies to the lots that we saw set. So. Okay, great. So tell us about Oshkosh, because I have never heard of it before, and I hear it's such a huge deal. So tell us about what was going on there and what you did during the show that week. Okay, so AirVenture is the largest... Um, gathering of pilots, aviation enthusiasts, and obviously uh, uh, people who are big fans of aviation. They just come together once a year in the summer in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and the proper name is Air Venture, and it brings an international audience, uh, clearly a, a lot of people from all over the United States, and we have, during that particular week, it is the busiest airport uh, in the whole world. And that's what I was a part of is, is bringing in a vintage airplane that I'm certified to fly, to be a part of that, to uh, talk aviation, to talk, uh, you know, all the different things that are related to aviation and to, to show the airplane off to people and, and, and show them and talk about our stories as pilots. Very cool. You fly an Airco 415C Urcoop, is that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Explain how your plane works differently than other small aircraft. Okay, and let me also clarify the name. It is Urco was the company that built it, but it's Urcoop Airplane. And your question is how how does I fly that? Yeah, how does it work in compared to other small aircraft? So it is uh, the only airplane in history, in aviation history. Uh, there may be one other that I was just uh, brought my awareness was uh, I was just brought to my awareness this past summer. But it is a one, if not the only airplane with 
without rudder pedals. So essentially it has two less controls than other airplanes. When you sit in, say, a Cessna, if you were to go, if you were to, go to your nearest airport, you sat in a Cessna airplane, there are four controls, meaning you need four limbs on all the controls. But this Urcoop is the only plane that has only two controls. So it's a two-control airplane. The other controls are tied in. So it, it kind of synchronizes the controls in a way that's very fascinating. It was built in the 40s. And because of that, I do not have special modifications to this airplane. It's just the airplane design itself that allows me to fly with two feet on the controls. When did you first fly this uh, type of plane? So I first started flying when I was uh, starting out in training. I started out in the typical airplane, which is a Cessna. And then I progressed realizing that this would not work for me to fly solo, for me to get my certification in. So we found it probably, it was 2006 when I first sat in an Urkoop. Yeah. And is it something you always wanted to do to, to be a pilot? It was not something I always wanted to do. It was something I was always deathly afraid of. So for me, I really stretched my comfort level to pursue flying because I wanted to really reinforce to people I speak to as a motivational speaker, as a professional speaker, that you shouldn't let fear stand in the way of opportunities. And we all are afraid of something, but we should still go out and do these things uh, despite our fear Uh, And for me to be able to be that living example, I wanted to do that so that when I speak on stage, I'm not just saying it, but I'm living it out truly in my life. And that's why I pursued that. Something that I was so afraid of. I'm not afraid of heights. Let me clarify that. But I am afraid of losing contact with the ground and also a way for me to show the world that what's possible for someone with a disability. Yeah, I think I'll keep my one foot on the ground. Thank you very much, because I am afraid of heights. Okay, I well, I totally get you. It's, it's hard to, to kind of marry the two if you're afraid of heights, but you'd be surprised that you could really stretch yourself. But uh, it does take a lot more emotional effort, I think, from us. Definitely. Yeah. So as a mentor and a disability rights advocate, you travel the world. What organizations do you partner with? And what's your mission of your foundation? Well, as a mentor, I actually started my own nonprofit called Right Footed Foundation International because I was inspired by my own mentor, uh, a woman who came into my life at a point where I really needed the support. I was a teenager. I didn't think anyone else in the world didn't have arms and lived their life through their feet in the same way I did. She became part of my life um, just through a story that was on a local news station. And I immediately reached out and said, let's connect. I have to meet you. And she became this example for me of what's possible. And I wanted to replicate that for others out there who feel like they're the only ones, they're alone. And to show them that it's possible to do these great things like aviation, surfing, taekwondo, all these different activities to empower that sense of confidence that we all we all want more of. And uh, that's why I started my own foundation that's now 501c3 in the state of Arizona. And it's doing work to mentor, educate, advocate, and inspire so many. That's great. I, I love hearing about that. I started following you about mm, two years ago, and I used you as an example in teaching our students with IDD here at Abilities in Motion. So they all know who you are as well. So they're very excited to hear this podcast later. Great. You acquired your fourth black belt in Taekwondo and, and scuba diving. What does it mean to be able to reach all these accomplishments 
And, and which one, which sport was the, the most challenging for you? For me, accomplishments and taking up opportunities directly results in confidence and empowerment. And the way it's actually stated is it's a fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo, which means there are different degrees once you get your first degree black belt and you move up in the rank. Um, once you get past that, you start moving up and, and you start increasing your requirements and such. So um, I have done so many other activities that have really been wonderful opportunities for me to test the waters and to test out whether it's how to figure it out and, and do it in a different way, do it without two arms and two hands. And I, I think it's just wonderful to, to, to do something and stretch myself. And as a result, uh, have this boost of confidence and this almost like adrenaline from achieving it. Um, and it's almost like being an adrenaline junkie or something where you go out and you do things to experience that and they become contagious. And I think that's what I hope to show other people too. Sometimes we have to stretch ourselves because it helps us to become even better and it helps us grow as a person, I should say. Yeah. Have you taken on being a mentor to any one or two individuals in particular or just in general living your everyday best life is, is you mentoring? Um, I have a true passion for it, but now I've taken on probably at least 20 women and men born or who have lost their arms, born without or who have lost their arms. And I'm doing this regularly on a one-on-one -on -one basis and now looking forward to bringing everyone together for a gathering of these individuals so that we can provide that sense of community and support. Are you going to try and make it like a big in-person event? Yes. When, when it's a, you know, a good time to gather again uh, in groups, I think we will have to be wary of that as well and um, considerate of that. But right now, it's definitely on a virtual platform. Like, for example, the last two months, I had virtual meetups where we had a group of people, born, um, like a specific group of, of young women born without arms from like age five to age like 50. And um is with the the you know the older ones um, giving the wisdom to the young people, the younger girls who have so many questions. Yeah, yeah. And I think with that, we're going to take a short commercial break, and we'll be back with Jessica Cox. Abilities in Motion is one of Pennsylvania's premier centers for independent living, existing to educate, support, and promote individuals with disabilities. Our programs are focused on providing opportunities for individuals with disabilities to live independent, self-determined lives. Abilities in Motion advocates for local, state, and national laws that protect the rights of people with disabilities. We are proud to create innovative and sustainable solutions and set trends using multi-focused approaches towards shaping national education, employment opportunities, in-home supports, and health care that affects the lives of individuals with disabilities. For more information about programs and services Abilities in Motion provides, call 610-376-0010 or visit our website at www.abilitiesinmotion.org. And welcome back, listeners. We're here with Jessica Cox, the world's first armless pilot and an amazing woman. Jessica, you have been so accomplished in everything that you do. What is your next venture that you're still trying to achieve in life? I'm still trying to achieve something that we just launched this past, I would say, probably a couple weeks. And that is the goal of building a custom airplane to be flown with seats. And that means that the um, 
pilot command seat, which is typically the left side, is going to be modified with special controls. And we're going to have, um, it'll be all set for, for me to fly it as well as other people who may be foot users or have either lost the use of their arms or were born without arms. And that's the goal is to build this uh, from a kit, which is such an endeavor. It's going to take four years. We're calling it Project 2025, but that's the goal right now on the radar. Would it help with the seating of the plane to put it back further so your legs are not so cramped in that space that's built for arms? Exactly. Exactly. It's just very precarious sometimes, especially after at least an hour of flight. Basically, having my feet up in a position like that, my foot falls asleep, I get a cramp, sometimes I get a charley horse. So the idea is to have the seat back, I'll be in a resting, comfortable position and have the controls on the floor. Yes, that makes sense. So will the wheel be on the floor as well or just lower in the cockpit? It would probably be on the floor as well. So we'll have to figure it out. Right now we're welcoming design ideas. We're welcoming, obviously, the support because it is a very expensive endeavor to build an airplane. Um, but we are we very much believe in what we can do with this plane when it's finished and how we can inspire so many more people. Uh, this past summer, we took a trip from... Tucson, as I mentioned, to Wisconsin and back, 4,000 mile round trip. And what we did was we stopped along the way at different camps for people with disabilities. One was a camp for children with disabilities uh, called the Camp Nevability that helps uh, children who were born without limbs or who have lost limbs come together every summer and do sports. We stopped at a local airport, brought them to the airport and inspired them with the image of this airplane. I sat in the plane, like I said, I didn't fly it there, but I sat in the plane and showed them all about the airplane and said, this is the plane I fly and inspired to plant that seed that aviation is a possibility for any of them. And then we flew it back and stopped at Topeka, Kansas at a camp called Camp Creek, Mission Creek Camp in Topeka. And we stopped and stopped there and, and visited. And it was wonderful to share with them and flew over the camp. It was, it was pretty impressive experience to be able to inspire them. Have you been able to do that kid camps visit in previous years? I had done camp mobility, let's see, before the pandemic, but I've never uh, brought the plane there. I was just curious if you've ever heard back from one of the kiddos and found out that you had inspired them to move on to have their own career in being a pilot as well. So you'll have to track that and see. Yes, I look forward to tracking that. Because I know growing up, there were no role models, at least for me. I didn't see role models like we see like you are today and, and the way you were going to watch the Paralympics this year and, you know, for the first time here in the United States live and, and what kind of impact that's going to make on these younger generations to see people like you as role models and, and see how that inspires their futures to, to grow up. So that's a wonderful thing. Thank you for doing that. You're so welcome. It's very rewarding. So what else do you have planned for the future? I'm going to continue my speaking career because it's something, it's my profession. It's how I get to, how we pay for food on the table. And, and so it's both uh, a business that my husband and I run. So I will continue to do that. If it means virtually doing motivational speeches, I'll do that. Uh, if we get to a point where it's safe to travel again, and there was this, these variants coming out, it's a little scary, but um, I've done two in-person events thus far, uh, with masks and everything and doing the whole, um, every, you know, being careful about it. Um, but I hope that there will be more events because I plan to be out there and speaking and continuing to get the message out there. 
Have you been reaching out to any corporate partners to kind of help you along with the building of the airplanes and, and getting your word out a little bit broader? Has anything happened with that? Well, I hope this interview will lead to potential corporate partnerships because I think people recognize how important it is um, and how important it is to continue to inspire and to, to motivate and use aviation in a very special way. So I'm looking for corporate partnerships and people who want to be a part of this because we're really at the very beginning stage. Anybody in particular that you'd hit up? Maybe Richard Branson? That would be great if you have contacts there. I'm, I'm open to it. I haven't really reached out to, to big VIPs yet. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll hashtag him just to see what happens. How's that? Great. Thank you. Yeah. So on that note, I was wondering how corporate sponsors and our listeners can find out more about you and reach out to you about these programs. Please go to www.jessicacox.com. And if you want to find out about the RV10 project and how we're going to reach more people in fire through aviation, you go to jessicacox.com slash project 2025. Perfect. And with that, I think we're going to finish up and say that's our episode today for Disability Talks. Jessica, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate having you in the studio with us and telling us all about this. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you for the opportunity and inviting me to be part of your community here. So it's wonderful what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yes, and you're, you're doing a great job. And we're hoping to hear big things from you soon in 2022 and moving on. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining and listening in from all over the world. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode of Disability Talks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Disability Talks. Want to keep the conversation going? Then visit our website at abilitiesinmotion.org or connect with us on social media. And remember, don't dis my ability.